0: breaking on this is short pants Free radio gamers get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out grimdark live it is time for grimdark live this show is for the nerds the outcasts the weirdos and for short pants gamers no not you ah crap get ready all you grimdark goons for dice Dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. The
1: fucking road. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live. You weekly webcast for all things, Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf and the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host Patrick. And back with me, man, I got the man himself, Gary. What do you hear? What do you say, bud?
2: I'm only here because I told there was
1: a raffle. There, there, so, there, there is a raffle, and boy, you're gonna right. be surprised what you find out. What we're actually raffling. Uh, folks, and I'm uh, trying to
2: figure out your picture on your camera. It's just a skull with headphones on it. So, I think your camera just broke. Oh no, man! This is don't uh, worry. My face is good enough for both of us. So. I, 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 tell you what, man. You
1: show that face anywhere around a public man, women around hundred yards, you start ovulating. It's, That's it, why it, gets, it gets pretty terrifying. Bacon. It gets pretty terrifying. But yeah, hey, folks, welcome to Grimdark Live. And uh, we, we are back for another show tonight. And welcome. If uh, if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And uh, we are going to get rolling here. So as you guys notice, we got uh, we got Gary back with us, man. And uh, and, and we are going to be uh, spearheading this uh, this new version of uh, Grimdark Live. And uh, we're also going to be with us for Wednesdays now uh, for our 40K show. Gary, give him a little high-low of what, what to expect on the 40K side.
2: On the 40K side, we're going to go through uh, basically all the different factions to go through it so people that are learning to play and already know how to play uh, get an understanding on different factions, how to prepare for them, and basically what they're good at. And then we're going to touch on what we are going to be doing hobby-wise, and we're going to look at uh, a little bit of uh, meta talk and the different things you can expect whenever you're going out and playing against either your buddy down the street or heading out of town for other events. Yeah, absolutely, man,
1: absolutely, and that's uh, it's going to be exciting stuff. But you know, that's tomorrow, folks. You guys are going to have to wait for all the laser guns and, and robots and, and Xenos uh, for that. But tonight, we got uh, we got Fantasy Man, Sword and Board, we got Age of Sigmar here tonight on Grimdark Live, and and uh, guys, we got a pretty good show back. You know, we're going to be introducing kind of a new concept here, and we got. Um, we're gonna be talking a lot about the Dominion box set that dropped this past Saturday, and we are officially now into Age of Sigmar 3.0. So we're gonna to be touching on that, and uh, and this is a new game. I mean, it really is. I mean, there there's there are enough changes to it that I can comfortably call it a new game. So folks. Uh uh, sit tight uh, because the new edition is here and, and it's really time to dive into age of sigmar 3.0 i know all the core rule changes and we're also going to be talking about uh you know really how the game is, is been played after a couple of games that i've had uh, on the table and specifically we're going to be talking about the major changes from 2.0 to 3.0 and the faqs that just dropped uh but gary what do you think man you're actually going to be able to uh, dust off your Seraphon.
2: you ready Yeah, that's a lot of dust I got to get off of there, and I got to get the new Lord Crook model and throw those on the table, see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it because there's a lot of adjustments. Because, like you said, on the other side, I'm normally the 40K guy, but the table sizes are now the same. And uh, there's some similarities that are in there with um, AOS 3.0 and the ninth edition. But I really like some of the things they did in AOS 3.0 that keeps it its own game and away from 40K. I know there was a lot of. uh, this is going into 40k. Well, not, not really. Some of it, yes, but there's still a very distinct difference in the two games.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I, but I I think there's a place for that. I mean, we, 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 gotta, we gotta remember that it's still a company. And I think, I think for what GW wants to do as far as kind of at least merging some portions of the game, I think that's a smart thing because, you know, they, they want crossover players. I mean, that, that's what, that's what we're all doing right here. Right. I mean, we're all crossover, we're all crossover type folks. So I think that's uh, I think that's probably one of the smartest things that uh, that they could be doing. Um, so I, I think I'm looking forward to it. But I mean, you've obviously been play, paying a lot of attention to the hype surrounding AOS 3.0.
2: What are what are some of your uh, your early thoughts? Well, I'm don't under, I don't think people understand how violent the game is going to be because <laughs> you're already <laughs> in a sword and board game, and then you make the board like almost 33 percent smaller. Yeah, right. So you're going to be engaging that much faster. I know a lot of the responses are well, and most of the missions you're still the same distance apart, but um, you don't have as much in your deployment zone, so you can't hide. And that's something we learned in ninth. You, you're yeah. not hiding. Things are going to get there. It's, it's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Get your movement under control.
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot that's going to happen, too, with the terrain. I mean, I see this maybe in the next you know half edition and maybe full edition. We, we might be seeing some of the importance of of terrain between 40K, or that, that is a 40K, into AOS. Because obviously, let, let's face it, AOS right now does have a terrain importance on the game, but not nearly to the effect that uh, that, that 40K has. I mean, you, you know, on the 40K side, they're pretty militant about the terrain. But, right, I mean, that's <laughs> fair
2: enough to say? Yeah, that that is a very true one to say. The, the event that we ran, I tried to ensure that we play tested on the train that we had and it was symmetrical for everybody. Yeah. So right. that made it to where no matter what side you got, there was no disadvantage or advantage to the train layout. There could be an advantage based on the army you brought, but right. that's on the player. Not the to the worst thing I hate is the to is to get flack for terrain and call somebody to lose a game because it wasn't balanced. That's true,
1: you know. And, and funny, and you know, funny thing is, let's uh, uh, we won't get too much into the forty k because that, that's tomorrow. But I want to throw this out there. You got me thinking about some of the things uh, when we talked about crossover real quick. I mean, for instance, when we talk about that in the new AOS 3.0, uh, one of the changes is for priests, and we're going to be talking about this here later, folks. But um, all priests know bless, and here it is, Gary, smite. There's a familiar term for you, and I I think this is interesting because they even kind of uh, hearken to some of the abilities that Smite kind of has. I mean, um, I I think with obviously with Bless, you know, that's you a ward save type thing. I mean, that's going to be within 12 inches. You get a 6-plus ward save, and and, and Smite is a casting roll of 2, which allows you to deal one mortal wound to another priest within 48 inches. So it's very uh, particular to priests, let's just say, but I think for the most part uh, we're already seeing those little terms come in uh, from the other game.
2: Right. The and, um. That replaced what was it that they had before Bolt or something like that. Well, it didn't replace <laughs> it.
1: it. No, no, they they had Arcane Bolt that was already a spell, a generic spell that was already in Age of Sigmar, but uh, it didn't replace it. It was an add on. And you know the funny thing. Oh, is, okay. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is I'm actually, uh, I really love that they're making priests more useful and giving them the opportunity to smite other priests. I mean, uh, I think this is gonna make them more useful and fun to play with um, you know, you know, on the table, really. Uh, and I think okay. you're gonna see more armies running priests in their lists, uh, uh for for really the ward save alone. And here's something else. You know, you were talking earlier you want to play some corn. Well, they don't like magic, man. They're full of priests. So
2: that, that could be something that could push you towards the uh the, the corny way there. Right. They uh the priest the, the smite one's a little bit different. because um, you have a uh, answer value of two and the range is forty eight. So you do the one mortal wound and then if it was a Channing roll over six or more, it's D three mortal wounds. Sure. So that that is a uh, very similar version to forty K with a much further range, which is good because they keep it to AOS centric. Oh sure. Which is really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which I, I think I think um there's that balance, right? But that's still that familiarity. Uh right. but yeah, and more to come on that, folks, so when we start getting more into uh well the, the topic here at hand but let's uh let's get into this gary age of sigmar side what are you doing man you staying true or you sniffing glue
2: um right now uh i'm going to say i'm in between I sniff glue and then stay true a little bit because i'm kind of in between yeah right um i get my stuff out to get it painted but i don't know what my list is now because it's changed so dramatically from what it was before yeah like bellwind vortex doesn't even exist anymore the yeah. old croak is gone try so yeah. to get the new guy and go through it i know it's going to be seraphin in some form or fashion so right now stay uh stay that I'm sniffing glue for yeah, uh, I, I
1: think I, I think that's kind of where we're all at I think we're still trying to figure it out we're still trying to find stuff out and still trying to figure it out and I think that's going to happen um, but I think right now it, it's just a matter of, um, of of just being a little patient you know I, th- I think that's yep. what it is as far as myself man I'm actually been working pretty hard I've got a Sons of Behemoth army some Gargants that I'm working on I think of course uh, I follow the breadcrumbs as far as the meta and I think monsters are going to be a, a huge factor in this edition so uh, I'm all about it, man. I jumped onto the uh, the bandwagon, and I'm ready to uh, uh, to absolutely get after it.
2: Um, but good stuff, man. Is that all you've been working on as far as AOS side? That and reading a lot. Oh, reading, yeah, well, lot. I mean, yeah. reading a lot. Went and picked up the uh, handbook and everything for my son and realized that uh, we didn't need the core rule book. we need was a general's handbook. So there was a $60 giveaway to uh, GW. Yeah. And we have a nice pretty book with Lauren in now. So. Well, you know, that's
1: good. GW is a way of doing that. You know, they have a way of just kind of taking just a little bit more from you.
2: <laughs> right. I will say this, though. This book and the layout that they did for it is phenomenal. Oh,
1: yeah. For the general's
2: handbook. They've yeah. got it. Uh, wire bound, tabs, easy access to get to, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but in the other hobby, the first one was like that too. And then when they did the update, they went back to the old regular spine where you couldn't open the books.
1: So. Yeah, you can't, uh, you, you can't do that to us, Gary. You can't do no. You, you I, can't, as long can't. as it
2: starts out as a positive statement, it doesn't matter what happens after
1: that. Right? Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't come <laughs> on here blackening souls and ruining hopes already, man. You know that, nah, that's, that's for later.
2: Right, that's true. So, I'll say <laughs> that for "I told you so" book. It.
1: Well, you know, and we we got, uh, we got other buckets we're going to be talking about here in a little bit, but we're going to be right back with that. Good stuff, man. On the way. Stick around.
0: Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, Game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios.
1: Hey, gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers gamers for gamers six squared studios six
0: squared studios tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds
1: the news yeah we got uh, we got some stuff we're gonna have to get into here tonight man we got uh, we got quite uh, we got quite a, a topic that we kind of already kind of spoiled uh, uh, here tonight and that's of course uh, you guys know that um, we are heading towards um, Forty K, you know that's uh, that's something that uh, we're going to be uh, transitioning towards, and we're going to be having our first forty K show uh, here on Grimdark Live uh, on Wednesdays. So you're going to be able to get Age of Sigmar on Tuesdays, and you're going to be able to get forty K on Wednesdays. And of course, uh, uh, there's going to be a lot more uh, coming up from Grimdark Live throughout the week. But uh, but so tonight we got an Age of Sigmar show. But the only thing in the news, because the only other thing in the news is really the FAQs. And Gary, we're talking about the FAQs for Age of Sigmar tonight.
2: Yes, so, we are.
1: So there's really no need to, to, to put that in the news because that's going to be it. But the big news is that uh, Grimdark Live is now going to be a uh, uh, a 40k show. Uh, but you know something, Gary? Before we break away from the news here, uh, did you know we we got we got something else that uh, is is back uh, with uh, Grimdark Live? Were you did did we talk about this before? I don't know if we did before.
2: Which one is back was Grimdark Live?
1: Well, no, this, this thing that we talked about. And of course, folks, if you know anything about Grimdark Live, you remember that uh, we have our own dice. And uh, if you head over to GrimdarkLive.com, uh, you'll be able to uh, get a hold of some dice. And these dice are personally blessed by Gary here. We call it here the Gary Frank Guarantee. And, of course, that guarantee is you're guaranteed to roll a six on your sixth dice, your sixth game against your sixth opponent on your sixth day, as long as you have a sixth sense of humor. That's the Gary Frank Guarantee. And he personally blesses every single one of these dice. And we're just very proud uh, to have him, you know, doing that.
2: I mean, Gary, do you want to talk about the the process of how you well, bless these dice? Well first is trademark, so we'll talk about that later. Get my lawyer involved. But uh <laughs> the way I bless them is a secret and you really don't want to know. I will say this, wash them prior to use. Yes. So just, uh, <laughs> same way you do with resin models, just throw a little dawn in your sink, or whatever soap you use, that's you right. leave them in there, I don't know, three or four months should be pretty good to get them cleaned. Yeah, you're,
1: you you're you're definitely going to want to wash them and uh and and possibly have them blessed by a priest or something like that afterwards. Right. Just just yeah, the event. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's you, recommended. So so that's it, right. folks. That's the uh, that's the guarantee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, a pretty short news segment. So we are going to be uh, we're going to be getting into the main topic here. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the new changes here for uh, Age of Sigmar 3.0 and uh, the FAQ. So we're going to get our notes together, man, and be right back with that.
0: Service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines, lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities fantasy outposts elven forests, demonic stronghold and so much more find out what you've been missing by checking us out on facebook at frag factory 3d printing or send us an email at fragfactory 3d at gmail.com bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for take your gaming to the next level with frag factory 3d printing we print life into your games tell them grindark live sent you and your first hour of printing is free
1: Hey, gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory 3 dprintinggmailcom at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory
0: 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, we are back, and we've got... Uh... We got Age of Sigmar 3.0 that we are going to be talking about, and uh, and gang, you know, as I said kind of earlier at the beginning of the show, what we're going to be talking about is really the major changes from 2.0 to 3.0. I think that's uh, we're only, we're not going to talk about everything, of course, but we're going to talk about the high points with that because I think that that warrants uh, some some discussions. I think there are some things out there that may be misunderstood, and and we're gonna we're gonna touch on that. Uh, and as well, uh, we are going to be talking a lot about uh, the FAQs and, and some of those drops and some of the high points. And I thought, I thought Gary, we would do something like this. With the FAQs, because there's so much information swirling around, I thought we would just pick, you know, or at least I've, I've kind of went through and I've picked uh, armies from all the grand alliances, order, destruction, death, and chaos, to really kind of talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly with each one of those and how they're really affected uh, by the FAQs. Now folks, again, you know, we could, we could wash out, you know, entire week talking about it all. And I'm sure you've heard every single, uh, basement dwelling, you know, neckbeard beard that, that's got a microphone talking about this. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to hit the high points, the interesting points and, and do it a little bit better. But yeah, so we're not, we're not, uh, we're not, not going to be talking about it all, but you know, what's funny, you know, uh, going back to the major changes here, Gary, between 2.0 and 3.0, you know, I was, uh, I was talking with Steve, you know, that, you know, that bastard, he's usually sometimes on the show as a guest.
2: Yep. Got it. So we know,
1: we know that guy a few times. he runs around with giants smashing everybody. That's it. That's what he does. That's how I saw it anyway. Yep. That's exactly what he does. And I thought he said something pretty interesting. We were kind of talking about, you know, the, the different changes between 2.0 and 3.0 and he, and he said something pretty profound that I wanted to kind of share with everybody. What he said, one of the things that he felt was a major change and a positive is the ability to interact with your opponent in both phases You know, reacting and responding to your opponents' decisions creates a more organically driven gaming experience. And that's almost verbatim what he said. And I thought it it kinda went back to what we used to talk about back in the day, and that's the social contract of gaming. I think that's what this new edition
2: has really kind of brought in. Thoughts? Uh yeah, it does bring that in the social contract. I like the way they changed exactly made it even more interactive than they had it before. To go into now you're you don't just show up and play the mission that sets in front of you You have a bunch of different options to go not just the beginning of the game but then each turn of the game as well has changed as well right to go through it so now it's kind of forced um social social well i swear to for um kind of forced the social aspect of it to where now that that contract that we always talked about for comes into play more which is great for the advancement of the hobby to go through i, I agree yeah. I agree,
1: and you know, one of the one of the interesting points uh, when we talk about the you know the, the, the co participative you know uh, game that we have now is one thing that came into my mind was in the new rule book they talk about all out defense, and the, basically what that is is it's it's the reaction when the the unit is picked as as a target of say an attack, uh, yeah. they can add one to their save rolls. Yep. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest with you, I really think this is is, is, is much more positive in my book. And I'm, I'm loving the reaction abilities that anyone's units can take. Because uh, I think right. before it was like you almost had to watch your units get decimated. You know, a giant comes in, at least you'll have some type of an ability to protect that to a certain extent. Uh, you know, my, my my two cents on that one. But but
2: let's well, go ahead. You know, on that one, to go through it, that's a very... It's a very strong point to be able to have for survivability. And anybody that's out there thinks like, oh, well, then it's going to make the game longer. It's not. No. Your board is smaller. You need that. Yeah. Or you're going to be finishing games very quickly, and there will be that bad taste of the feel badsies if you don't have mechanics like this in the game when you go through and change it. If you make it more aggressive, you have to find a way for people to selectively be more defensive as well.
1: Yeah, that's true, and and you know you're you're already an old hat with the forty four by sixty boards, so I mean you yep. know you're, you're you're talking from real experience, um, so so let's let's get started, uh, you know, and, and really get let's start at the at the beginning of the game, you know, the first of many of the big changes, um, is uh, change to the priority role. Now you say, well, what do you mean the priority role is still there? Well, one of the things I, I think a lot of people right now on the boards and whatnot are not talking about is the priority role. And how this works is whoever finishes setting up first actually wins ties on the the first turn priority roll and can decide who goes first or second each turn after you know ties uh, go to the player who, who, who went first in the in the previous battle round. So I, I think that they um, I think they really kind of shored up and cleaned up that whole aspect and I think they put a little bit more of an importance on drops and of course we're going to be getting into the the core battalions that they have now which you know mildly harkens back to 40k as well uh but what are your thoughts about when you hear this kind of priority role based off of some of your experiences playing AOS you know with 2.0 the
2: priority role is one of the big things that separates AOS from 40k okay and the priority role I think people take a very um just Right out of the box, look at it, go, well, that's terrible because my opponent goes back to back times. There's no way that I win. Well, it incorporates a defensive challenge for you to be able to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what makes the game tactical. If you don't prepare for it and you go all out and you do lose that role, that's on you. That's your fault. Right. Be able to go through that. And now, like you said, though, there's changes that now maybe you put that one out there and you do the um, defensive one. Right. Right. So. You know, you take your survivable unit, whether it's due to bodies or due to toughness, you throw it out front and go, well, you got to kill this first. And if you win the priority roll, you're still going to have to go through this. And if you lose the priority roll, now this is going to be even further than your lines, and you have to prepare for losing that roll.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually very, very true. Um, and, And, you know, my thought, to kind of shore up what you said, because you said it a hell of a lot more intelligent than I did, man, uh, that's a first cause but... that's typically not how that works. <laughs> so I, th- I think, I think with that, the, 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 this is big because rather than getting the automatic first turn, if, if you have a, say a one drop army, uh, it only slightly gives you an edge and say, uh, you know, a, a, you know, lady luck still needs to be on your side. And I think, I think that was a very good way that they've shored up, you know, kind of the, um, the game a little bit to make it a little bit more,
2: uh, I don't want to say fair, but you know what I'm trying to say, you know, competitive, uh, right. I, I so think this, did I misunderstand the uh, beginning? Because the way that I understood it from me and my son talking was that if you whoever finishes deploying first goes first. All
1: right. Who, yeah. Kind of who, who, whoever finishes setting up first wins ties on the first priority roll. Right. I can but decide first, who goes. So, in other right. words, you're, you're still yeah they, they 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 win ties on the first priority roll. So you're still rolling. But right. if you Is set up first
2: roll before.
1: Uh, the first uh, battle begins. Correct, or is that after it's, the first it, turn? It, no, it, the priority roll is 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 right before the first turn. Okay, Who, whoever wins priority. So yeah, okay. So no, you you no you. I th- I think you had it right. Yeah. Um, and and, and you know, so I, I think I think they found a lot of ways. First of all, that I want to touch on as far as bringing that balance uh to the game. I think another way that they did, they did that was uh the the command points. Um, and, you know let me address a couple of things on the on the boards here real quick uh, Elizabeth Storter, you know I like the smaller boards too I, I think that um, you know you bring up a point that uh, I think I think the games gonna be a lot more action packed um, uh, darktron 69 I mean the game seems a lot longer now eh, you know maybe you know could be you know I'm not uh,
2: I'm not going to disparage uh, that possibility but um, well, on, I don't know on that one or I'll piggyback on that one, Pat. Sure, sure. For Darktron 69, it's going to seem long in the beginning because it's different, and people are going to be going through it and learning the different motions and mechanics and all of that. After that, it'll speed up. Right. Uh, I had the same thing in uh, their other game, 40K, whenever they switched to ninth, It was taking a long time. We were like, oh, you said it'd be faster. It's slower. Now it's much faster once you get it down because it it actually flows – Fairly well, and to yeah. speed things up. In the beginning, you're absolutely right. It's going to seem like this takes forever.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there's a learning curve to that too. Um, but going back to command points, because I think this is what also balances the priority role. And, and, and what this is is, uh, and again, I don't. I, people really aren't doing a lot of talking about it. Uh, that I've seen. Um, I think what makes this interesting is the player that, that, that has taken the first turn receives one command point, while the player that has taken the second turn receives two. So there's almost a benefit. Like Let's just say, you know Gary, for instance, I win the priority roll. Now, right. I technically should be able to take that first turn. But if I decide I, I want to give you the first turn, I get an additional command point. And I, I think we're starting to see a higher value in command points in this edition than right. like previous. I mean, so, you know, and also not, not to boot, you know, but but generals – I give you additional CP as well, and any CP not used at the end of the battle phase is lost. So there's there's greater pressure on the the quote unquote the general, you know, you and I or right. whoever else is is pushing the plastic dollies across the table to actually right. react. Uh, action cannons. figures,
2: please. Thank,
1: action, thank, figure. thank you. Thank action. you very little. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Um. So the, uh, the yes, go to the therapy. Action, <laughs> yeah, the therapy. All right. So so what are your um what are your thoughts on that? I mean, command. I mean, look, you 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 you're a command point junkie, so. Here. yeah
2: well command points being to where they go away at the end of each turn you're going to need to all this is going to go into very creative army design right with uh items we haven't talked about yet so i won't bring those in with the other ones right but if your command points go away you need to have a very specific actions you're going to do each turn with those command points right to make your army function and roll over your opponent if not uh in my opinion you're losing out on value of the game by not creating something to utilize what you know you're going to have. That's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's very true. Um, and, and I think I think command points now are going to be something that uh, are going to be more uh, important to the gamer. I, I don't want to sound so cheap about it, but I, I, think, I think we took them for granted in AOS 2.0. And I think now that with that thought in the back of your mind that, oh my gosh, I could be losing my command points as soon as, as, soon as this battle round is over, you know, that's going to provoke you to actually... Uh, you know, use them or lose them. Um, another one that I think really touched a nerve with a lot of people moving into AOS 3.0 is unit coherency. Um, this one was a little bit of a trick bag, and I know I know that 40K had has a lot of the same unit coherency you know implications. And prior to this, it was just keep your models within one inch of each other, or you lost them. But what they're saying now is models with unit sizes of two two models to five models must now be within, say, like 1-inch horizontally and 6-inch vertically of one other model from the unit. While, you know, uh, unit sizes of, say, 5 or more, you know, or, or over 5, 6 or more, they must be within 1-inch horizontally and 6-inch vertically of two other models from the unit. And I kind of want to get your two cents on this because I know 40K for a long time was very big into the coherency and probably a little bit more uh, uh, militant about it, if I can use that word again. Um, and I think this is a big. I, I think this is big as is is Daisy chaining. I think was very prominent in 2.0. This is kind of what I was trying to say a minute ago, and being able to take a huge block of models and leave one an objective while spreading out, you know, uh, the, the other and say like a straight line was was commonplace. I think it also is going to make setting up reserves easier for your opponent, as as there's going to be more ground available I, I i really had to take a while to get used to this unit coherency rule but i really like it now um what are your thoughts
2: yeah uh, for forget the, the same thing except for theirs goes if you have six or more models in a unit each model has to be within two inches of two other models sure so an aos it's just down to one inch of two other models based on unit size right um, it's not as bad as you think it is for people that are like, oh, this ruins it. You can't play hordes or mass bodies anymore. It's not that bad because when you right. go to set it up, you now you have to set your units up to where when you lose things, you're only going to lose what dies. You're not going to lose any to what's called, I, I don't know if it's called attrition and AOS or whatnot, but when you go to that face, you have to pull models. and will shock, yeah Yeah. Yeah. so you've got the full model coherence. it's not as bad as you think but it does prevent one of the most egregious movement shenanigans that were in both hobbies is taking that unit of 30 and just stretching it out across the board and going hey i have all this covered with one unit i'm on three different objectives right and that was uh not tactical and it was boring it wasn't fun to play with wasn't fun to play against right so now to be able to set it up your hordes will still work well. They will yeah. still work well. You just can't uh for lack of a better word go on easy mode and go okay, I'm just going to I went first. I'm going to run and stretch my I don't know who plays the skinks anymore. This guy. Yeah. Throw these skinks out this way and then I'm going to shoot you with 100 or 60 shot. And then when you go to charge me, I'm just going to move the whole line back and shoot you again. Yeah. You know, so now I still get to do that, but now it's more of a um, a hey, formation, if you will, instead of just a daisy chain. Yeah,
1: and, and you know, you know, I, and there's there's really so much to really talk about. So I'm going to kind of bounce around here a little bit because when you're talking about the, the daisy chaining, and of course, I'm, I I like to see that that's gone now. Hopefully, cross fingers. I I, I really hope that that's gone. Um, but they brought they brought something back that was in older editions of Warhammer Fantasy Battles. It was a redeploy. Uh, it was called Quick Reform, and now, of course, they brought back redeploy here in this game and it's it's a it's a reaction command ability and what that does is this a unit moves d6 inches after an enemy unit has made a normal run uh mo- uh retreat uh move within say nine inches of that of your unit like so if an enemy unit does that and, there, there's, and if there's no enemy within three inches, you can essentially redeploy for a command point your unit. Maybe you want to block someone off from making that charge. Maybe you want to try to stall someone out from getting on an objective. I think it, one of my personal favorites that's that's coming into the game is redeploy, because I used to love the uh, the redeploy that they had in, in older editions of, of yep. Fantasy Battles. Now, you as a massive tactician in the game, this one's got to be probably your favorite as well. Or what do you
2: think? Um, <laughs> they i have an event coming up for 40k i'm going to and a friend of mine was talking to redeploy changed with the faq so yes i've redeployed in that one <laughs> redeploy is massive yeah and then i want everybody to not really think about this because everybody knows it um basically the only two things you can control in the, these games is deployment and movement anytime you put a dice in your hand you're no longer in control of what happens so getting those two parts down is where you're gonna position yourself to win and do well in most games, is how you deploy and what you do with your movement. After that, who knows? I know you have command points and things that are guaranteed to go off, but typically those are related to what happens when you roll your dice. It's not an automatic thing. So being able to reposition, redeploy, and put yourself in the most advantageous place to win or do well is very, very powerful. And if used correctly, it's makes you much more reliable when you're on the table. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I think I think it also, like I said, it, it keeps your opponent on his toes. Everything's not that predictable because you know right. you've got that ability to be flexible in in their turn. Another thing that they brought back that I want to throw at you from from uh, uh, old Warhammer Fantasy Battle days. And I swear to God, I, I swear this whole game right now is just harkening <laughs> back to fourth edition and sixth edition uh, fantasy battles. Uh, it, it really is amazing, but miscasts came back. I couldn't believe it. So, uh, and obviously, you're familiar with miscast, Gary. I mean, yep. this was, this was a big deal in fantasy battles back in the day. Uh, but if you roll a two on a casting roll, the spell is miscast and is not cast, and the wizard takes D three mortal wounds and cannot right. cast any other spells that turn. So, think about it. Take someone like Croak, or take somebody like Teclis. You know, hey, and,
2: hey, hey why did you have to say Croak first? To feel attacked
1: well because you know i i'm what you're always yelling at me all the time i say plastic dollies you get upset you know croak is miscasts it's really the thought of croak miscasting
2: i'll send you a a list of acceptable terminology
1: (laughs) (laughs) there you go um oh here we go that you know what i i I refrained myself from any jokes you notice that i I think you're doing well you're doing i I almost fell out of my chair um But I, I love this. I, I think there needs to be some risk in magic, and and this is uh, less than what I was hoping for. But it's a, it's a good start. I'm glad it's back. So, yeah, I, have
2: a I have a question on that. Yeah. So if you're plus two to cast, it doesn't matter if you roll snake eyes. You're yep miscasting. You're taking decent Immortals, and you're done casting. Yep. Then you're befuddled.
1: No. You're you're eating grass for the rest of the round.
2: That second part of that rule is brutal. Yeah. He's taking the mortal wounds, so what? Croak's got sixteen wounds. I don't care. Right. And he's probably getting them back if I don't roll stupidly high. But he can cast like up to five spells if you get him buffed up. If he rolls snake eyes on the first one, you're done. Unless right. you have some way to manipulate that. Yeah. Going forward. You're done. Which for me is terrifying.
1: Well, any multicast and, model, any multicast wizard, I mean it really like, well, it really humbles them if you want to put it that way.
2: Right, People are like, well, it only happens one in 36 times. Not to me it doesn't. It happens like 36 <laughs> times. So. Wait, but you've got the walk
1: of dice to prove it.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, I do, and it's growing exponentially by the day.
1: You, you, want, you want to take a quick second tell everybody the, the walk of dice?
2: Yeah, so I, I've got a – I can never blame myself. I have to blame my dice, and if they fail me, I've got this big blue walk that's in the garage that I just throw dice into, and there's – Thousands of dice in there. That's not an exaggeration. There's a ton. So, um, I, I, yeah, it's just they're dead to me. But I can't get rid of them because I do believe in redemption. So sometimes I'll filter them back out. They'll fail me, and I'll put them back in there again. And there's twenty sided, ten sided, six sided, anything that failed me goes into there. But the other not- day I was playing, I failed a rerollable five inch charge, and lost me the game. Those dice no longer exist. Right.
1: But you notice, folks, what we said earlier today. We got, we got the Grimdark guarantee. We got the Gary Frank right. guarantee on, on all those dice.
2: Obviously, doesn't work for me.
1: So. <laughs> so, so one of the last biggest things I want to talk about uh, before we get into the FAQs is monsters, man. This is definitely Monster Hammer, in, in, in my opinion. Um, I think the biggest thing about all of these is the changes to 3.0 is this. I mean, monsters can do one of the following in the charge phase. They can roar on a 3-plus The unit within 3 inches cannot issue or receive commands, the enemy unit. Uh, They can stomp on a 2+, plus. uh, uh, the unit within 1 inch, that isn't a a monster, takes D3 mortal wounds. They can either do a titanic duel, where you can pick one enemy monster uh, within 1 inch, and and you can... um, uh, you can you can gain one to hit rolls against that monster, or smash the rubble, which now everyone's a gatebreaker gargant. Uh, you can pick one faction or defensible terrain feature within three inches of this model, and on a, on a three plus, it's demolished, gone, removed from play. Um, and, and you can only pick one monster ability per turn, but sometimes that's all you need. I think this one and redeploy are by far the best, in my opinion. One man
2: talking here. Well, that... A lot of those I find come up, they look really good in the beginning. And I'm not saying they're not, right. but they're also situational. And I think it's good that it can be done one time. You know, well, I don't sure. know the type of reroll mechanics that they have within um, AOS at the moment. I'm still reading and going through that, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot. It seems like once you've rolled something, that's what you've rolled. So if you're going well, to destroy terrain for whatever reason, like one of the. Um, Battle plans or the grand strategies is if you control terrain pieces at the end of the game. So if your opponent takes that and you've got monsters, you can go around just removing them. Right. But then if you don't, it goes back to it. Monsters did have an advantage. And honestly, I think they should have that advantage based off of if you look at lore and fantasy, monsters were terrifying. Oh, everybody. yeah. They were feared. Yeah. They were so, feared. And they should yeah. be, you know, it shouldn't be, oh, I got to kill a dragon today. It should be like, uh, well, I'm probably dead because <laughs> i have to face a dragon
1: today yeah right i mean yeah i just like to see that uh that return uh but that you know again folks there's probably a lot more that we could talk about on that but i wanted to really kind of hit the high points of some of the differences between 2.0 and 3.0 and of course uh uh, we definitely have the faqs that dropped, which there's some spicy stuff in there that we're going to talk about and again when we get to the faqs we're going to talk about you know we're going to pick some armies uh really one of each in each grand alliance we're going to talk about you know a destruction a death an order and a chaos one, and we're going to really talk about how the FAQs uh, affected them because I think there's a lot to be uh, a lot to be said there. So, uh, good stuff, Gary.
2: Anything else I got changes? A, yeah, yeah, I got a quick question for you. Out of the monstrous rampages, out of all of them that are available, which one do you think is the uh, most powerful? And I don't want to say game breaking, but can be uh, Ooh, very um, strong in the game because I don't know which one mine is. Roar.
1: Uh, I think roar is going to be something. The, the ability to take away, uh, in, in, you know, in a unit that, that cannot issue or receive commands—that's going to be a, a mother blanker. Uh, and you know what? With the amount of monsters we're going to be seeing on the table, I'm really—but but that's because I'm a Godzilla geek. I you want are, to see—I want to see Titanic duels, man. That's
2: what I want to right. see. What about you? What do you think? Uh, I hate to say this, but I agree with you. Oh, what so, do you mean, hate to say this? All right, uh, well, you're, because you're, typically when I don't, it, it turns see, into something you know what, fantastic like, to argue about. But Plastic dollies. Or, any, right. <laughs> <laughs> any time that 67% of the time, you can just say, you're not going to be able to do this. Yeah. That's that's a big deal. Especially yeah. if you've got ones that are dependent on something. Yeah. Like a lot. You go, nope, you can't do this. Yeah. The trick is, though, you have to do it in three inches. So, you being a savvy uh, general... Can keep that person away from three inches of your important actions. Yeah, you have to yeah, focus. you know
1: that that redeploy might come in uh, before you know it. So, man, uh,
2: you're getting. I want to go roll dice right now. Good see,
1: are they going to be the Grimdark Live dice? Because they got those wow. guarantees on them,
2: and they don't work for me, man. All I right. have no, they do actually work. I think. See, but I think it's the fifth. Sunday, not the sixth or something.
1: No, it's 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 it's. I'll just check the record. It's the sixth. Remember that one. As long as you got a sixth sense of humor. All right, man. Let's start talking about these. Oh, we do have a
2: quick news break too. You guys don't know this yet, but there's a Patrick promise coming. I'll let you know what that is in the near future. Uh, He's been drinking,
1: so sorry about that, folks. Uh, We're gonna be back. We're gonna be talking about the FAQs. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12.
0: GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, Dice and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street,
1: Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com.
0: They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois.
1: GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe and Follow and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice, chuck, and sniffing, gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast... You rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, man. We are going to keep it going here. We've got uh, we've got plenty to talk about moving into the FAQs. And I thought that was a good, good way to kind of warm up the FAQs, talking about some of the high points as far as the differences between AOS 2.0 and, uh, of course, 3.0. Uh, but yes, gang, we are going to continue talking about uh, the 3.0 FAQs that just dropped. Um, and it's kind of interesting because these Age of Sigmar 3.0 Battle Tome FAQs, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I bet anyone listening to this show uh, now or later, I-, I bet your army is changing in this new edition. Uh, guaranteed. And, and tonight we're going to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of some of the armies that uh, I, I think we felt needed to be covered. I mean, there there's so many armies out there that, have, that that had some kind of a change, um, but I think for the most part we're going to touch on the ones that I think, really, uh, in my opinion, my humble opinion, um, have have the biggest uh, issues. So specifically, uh, we, we're going to discuss one army from each grand alliance, like I said earlier. But uh, but the thing to account for. Uh, Gary, and I want to kind of throw this at you. You know, every army got tagged with changes, and there are really, like I said, too many to list here. And we're going to be covering some specific ones later. But in the meantime, if you are currently playing or looking to jump into the new edition, uh, you're, you're going to want to take a hard look at that FAQ. Between the points increases from the General's Handbook 2021 and the FAQ changes, everyone is forced to make adjustments. Now, Gary, you coming really in, you know, really for the first time, I and mean, you were a player in 2.0, but you're really getting into this more heavy in 3.0. I mean, that, is that something that you're feeling as kind of a experienced, newer player, if that's a fair way to put it?
2: Uh, yeah, I've kind of learned over the years to... I used to be the person that's like, hey, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win, and Games Workshop feeds off of that, and then you get the new shiny book, and it's really good because people haven't figured out how to play against it yet, so you buy and fall into that. I'll I'll call it a trap because that's what it is, but it's an impulse thing. Sure. So now what I'm looking at is I like Lizardmen riding on dinosaurs. Sure. So Seraphim is the number one pick that I have there. Outside of that now, because my son plays as well, and his army got just decimated with this FAQ. And we're, now we're looking at other options to go into it. And I kind of like Stormcast Eternals. Oh, boy. And he um, was like in the... Um, uh, Cruel Boys. Cruel Boys yeah. Which is the other half that goes in that because they're orcs. Yeah. And now you can... My understanding is they can combine in and they fall into the orc side of things. You can play with those. And with that table getting smaller... The monster abilities coming up, stand by for heavy rolls with those guys because oh, it's yeah. going to get real. Yeah. It, so, it, it, yeah. My, to answer that question to sum it up, is I would go with, if, even if you're new going into it, go find what looks the coolest to you. Find the lore behind it if you want to go that deep. And whichever one of those is the best for you, collect that and play that. And don't fall into the meta trap but get yourself a massive collection so you can adjust within your faction or Grand Alliance, if you will. i throwing out 40K uh, terminology there. Hey,
1: man, we're, we're, we're used to it.
2: <laughs> the Grand Alliance, if you will, so you can then adjust to whatever the meta becomes. Right. To me, that's more important than going out and playing the meta army, and you'll become a better player and get more enjoyment out of
1: it. I, yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. So let's dive in. But here, here first, we got we got Sean on the chat screen saying, uh, "Gary, run four source Lords on a Carnosaur." There you go. You, you got your whole army picked out for you right there, Seraphon. Done. Right. Yeah.
2: I, I still got to play the dead guy. <laughs> Lord it. Croak.
1: Yeah. Lord yeah. Croak. The, the dead. I frog. I, am,
2: I do have some some tears in a bucket upstairs when the bailwind Vortex was no longer a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And he couldn't go on it because that was uh, super fun.
1: Yeah, that's a head-scratcher, but that's for another 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 show, I think, uh, sure. why that one got the old Sean Dohler. Uh, but let's get into this. You know, we're we're going to start with the Destruction Grand Alliance Army, and one that I play uh, myself and love them, and that's my Ogre Maw Tribes. Um, and, and I'm not saying this because I play them, but I think the Ogre Maw Tribes, as far as the FAQ as a whole, again, one man's opinion here, folks, um, I think they really did the best out of everything that came down out of the FAQs. And again, if I if I were to say one thing about the good about them, now keep in mind what what Gary just mentioned too about you know the monsters. What we talked about is some of the some of the changes between 2.0 and 3.0, but the ogres, you know, you take you take huskers on thunder tusks. Now for a while they were kind of underlooked, nobody cared about them. But you take a husker on a thunder tusk, now they're going to get plus one to any chanting because they're priests that they do for each other thunder tusk within 18 inches as opposed to only the ones on their war scroll benefiting from that modifier so i I gotta be quite honest with you um that is massive for an ogre maw tribe's army specifically if you're going to be running them into like a you know uh uh you know particular type of builds but uh also um Speaking of mounts, the other good thing is along the lines of mounts, uh, the blurb that restricts that uh, same mount trait uh, not to be taken more than once was deleted. So no more Boulderhead, you know, only Boulderhead you can take you know multiple mount traits. So hello to all Stonehorns now having plus one to hit, making their horns attack uh, on a three plus at damage four on the charge. So I think right now Ogre Maw tribes are probably a walk away as far as the coming out of the best in the FAQs because uh, I, I couldn't find any bad and no ugly uh, with the Ogres. Um, did that change your mind, Gary? What do you think, man? You want to you play some Ogres?
2: Uh, no, but they are very... It's just not my thing. I love the models and I think They're super cool. Matter of fact, I still have a half of the uh, Feast of Blaze box in my garage. There you go. It's not built. But no, I, I like those that are on there and reading through the changes that you were talking about, that is very good. And the plus one is for every get yeah. plus one for each other friendly thunder tusk within 18 inches right yeah and in those two prayers exactly so which is what winner's endurance and winter strength yep and and to so, be honest with you go ahead you're gonna get those off quite often oh yeah to go through it and make it reliable
1: so. yeah and i think i think you're gonna find that um um, it's going to revitalize those units, and and if you take them in a winterbite type of a build, which is one of the builds in, uh, in the Maw tribes, uh, they're going to be they're going to be very very deadly. Um, another pick that we had to talk about is is, is, an, is death, um, and you know what? I, I'm going to give you your moment to kind of to kind of uh, stand on your soapbox there with the death army that you want to bring up, Gary, because I think it's important to to discuss that one. Uh, but the one that I want to bring up is flesh eater quartz. Okay. Um, I think the uh, one of the good things that came out of the FAQ for, for for flesh eaters was the muster ability is clarified to be six dice per courtier. Um, you know, Fle- flesh eater courts is an army that relies heavily on the ability of their heroes to summon backups, and um, this clarification makes it more clear of how the ability works. Uh, but this is this is fairly unchanged for the most part, so it really just helps against you know rules lawyers and and you know th- those kinds of folks i think that's a good thing i think that kind of stabilizes that ruling a little bit um there was a bad that i kind of walked through i think flesh eater courts are getting dated uh much like you know maggotkin or much like uh, some of the other armies that are out there so i think that's going to play against them I, i'm not saying flesh eater courts are bad uh because i think maggotkin for instance are very good uh but um you know their 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 range and their length of their tome, I think, is, is getting a little long in the tooth. I didn't really see anything ugly for Flesh Eater Courts, so I think they did probably in in the ballpark of the top four coming out of the uh, uh, the the FAQs. Uh, but do you have any comments on the Flesh Eater Courts, or do you want to kind of la- lament a little bit on your uh, on your Death Army there?
2: Uh, no, they seem like they most of the factions we came through and I went through and read, and this is from my uh, novice one the part about it going into it didn't seem like there were like just gut punching changes that hurt that bad other than the uh, faction or the grand alliance I'm not going to, do to talk about. But it didn't seem like that they took too much of a alteration to them, right. I guess you could say. Right. You're still going to be able to use a miles jab and play. It'll just be done in a little bit of a different way yeah. where, which is good because a lot of times you and I had this conversation on the phone earlier about the uh, forgotten army or yeah. the, the oopsie moment whenever it goes yeah. through armies, Yeah. and um, I never really thought of it that way, but I kind of agree with what what you had stated on there about how things get rewritten. And there's so much to look at. There's so many rules interactions that after the fact they go, "Oh man, this yeah, really hurt X, Y, or Z faction."
1: Yeah, and, and and I think I want to talk a little bit about you know this death army. I was going to bring them up because I don't want to make it too salty, but right here, folks, uh, we we got the uh, the Osiarch bone reapers. You know, um, and this is, of course, uh, this is an army that, uh, that that your son Gavin plays. So, I mean, yeah. this, this is. Um, uh, and,
2: <laughs> and we we were in the front room, and I'm sitting on one side, and he's on the other side, and if out, FAQs come out. And I'm just watching him read, and he'll stick his head up and go, why did they do this? And he would read some more. And he goes, that's not good. He reads yeah. some more. I don't have monsters. And he just kept going through in the list and the list and the list. And uh, I always tried to go, well, you know, let's look at the good. You know, because a lot—it's very easy for us as hobbyists to look at what we're used to doing, and when a new edition comes out, go—they um, screwed my army. I can't do anything. Right. Well, no, you just have to do things different. Right. So let's see what they can do different. And he wasn't wrong. They got Mike Tyson in the corner, just punched in the face over and over again, and not much came out of it. They do have a couple of good ones that go in there. Um, you do if you go in the first round, you get a relentless discipline point. So they don't have command points. Right. So they have relentless discipline points, which in AOS 2.0, not having command wasn't that big of a deal. Right. For them. Uh, it is now. Uh, Putreflex got unnerfed, kind of, you know, so right. instead of the original plus one save, or the later reroll ones to save, you now just reduce rend by one. Mm-hmm. It's good. Anytime that you have something that is just set, it reduces that is good. Um, Their main three, Catacross, Nagash, uh, Archon, are all Warmasters. So that's good for them to go through as well. In the spell got fixed. That's really good for them. But that's it. Yeah. And then everybody's like, well, that's really good. Well, let's go into the terrible. (laughs) Um, This all-out attack, all-out defense, redeploy, expert, slayer, swift, all of that. They can't use any of those. Right. Right. What? Really? That's yeah hey here's all this new cool stuff they would make you really really good bone reapers would be really good against with that stuff like really good no can't use them at all
1: yeah it's, it's almost like the bone reapers are that are that youngest kid in the family that was left at the grocery store by the parents you know they're halfway yep. home and they realize hey where, where's junior bone reaper and yeah, uh, they got
2: joe they got joe dirted and left at a uh, rest <laughs> stop somewhere
1: yeah, I think that's exactly what happened here. I think I think there's going to be an oops moment at GW, and they're going to go, oh yeah, we forgot about the Bone Reapers, um, right? And and you know it's funny because um, again, that's a whole another show, and maybe we'll 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 talk about the Bone Reapers and how they're going to be perform or expected to perform in 3.0 here soon. But right. uh, yeah, they, they got they got the royal hose job for sure. Yeah,
2: they had the other one too. Is like there's nothing that's allowed them to use command ability more than once. So they lived and died by like unstoppable events. So they were slow and now they're slower.
1: Yeah. Yep. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. And I,
2: I, it, it's, it's, it's just so much um, synergies that they had that just are gone. Right. You know? And I, I want to put on a table and go through and play and then figure out what we can do with it. Because like I said, Gavin's got a fairly substantial bone Reaper army and it's painted very nicely you know right. and i don't want him to get down on the hobby that he just started to fall in love with because they just um outhoused his army yeah
1: yeah you know yeah so let's, say, well, let's see what you can do so, yeah right. and that's all you can do you got to try to keep a peasant positive mental attitude about it uh did but you say think- has I, I, no, about, I was, was going to say Pez Dispenser, you know, to go along with the plastic. Yeah, I bottles. remember those. I used to keep my volumes in them. Yeah, well, so. yeah, and you had the real big one, too. <laughs> I didn't
2: um, think so. You had to hit it with your fist to open
1: it. <laughs> that's right. Um, so let, let's let's keep rolling on. You know, I was I was going to talk about a different Chaos Army, but I'm going to jump right in. When you, when you said slow moving, uh, I thought about Maggotkin. And we, we were, when I talking about Old Book before, when I was talking about Flesh Eater Courts, I'm just going to jump ahead and talk about Maggotkin here because um, there were some good that came out of this one with the Magakin and Plaguebearers uh, got incredible. I mean, w- I think with the change with how you can take larger units now via the reinforcements, I think Plaguebearers have changed, so they are now negative one to hit by both missile and melee weapons, uh, so as long as there's at least 10 models in the unit. That's huge. That is huge for a, a, a Nurgle army. I think the bad, they're terrain piece, uh, but I think train pieces are kind of going the way of the Dodo anyways. I think the, I think the feculent... Uh, Naruma, um, as it happened with, with most faction terrain is now, you know, now goes down in your own territory, which kind of takes a lot away from the, from the feculent Nauromaw because before you could set that up anywhere on the table. And now you got to put it in your own own territory. Now, other ones uh, that are brought in during the game, of course, still uh, work the same. But um, uh, the, the, the original uh, only being on your side of the table with, you know, some battle plans really makes your your, your own territory relatively small uh, and I think there's going to be some, some issues with that. Now, this one, this army, as I recall, does have it does have an ugly, as long as we're talking about good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and, and it's just kind of weird. This this whole, like, um, what's the word they were using? Uh, coalition, I think it was. Uh, you, you can't just take Nurgle models anymore in your army for a Magikin force. Instead, you, you, you have to make your Magikin army a coalition army by making... Two in four units, slaves of darkness, or one in four clan pestilence, or one in four beasts of chaos. It just kind of, it's kind of mind-numbing to me the way that they kind of did this. And I think that's only gonna, I think that's ugly enough to where I think it's gonna hurt the the, the Magikin, uh as far as a force. I mean, I could be wrong. There's dedicated Magikin people out there, but I think my, my first reaction when I saw this um, was a little goofy. I mean, uh, and that's just kind of, I mean, do you understand what I'm trying to say there when, when I talk about you know some of the things that are going to affect them coming out of the
2: FAQ? Uh, yeah, but to you, your point that you had stated, the ability of ignoring neg ones, yeah, and shooting and in melee combat, yep. that's yeah. a plague bears, yeah, deal, especially with set to defend, yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, so now you're neg one to hit and you're doing plus one to your save, and they typically, historically, aren't the easiest units to remove to begin with, yeah, yeah, you know, so I think their board presence is still going to be very good, and if you're going to take them out, you're going to have to do overkill to do it
1: so. yeah yeah um, and, and, and you know it's funny because um uh that one that one was just kind of hard for me to kind of digest i i i kind of classified the ugly part because it was one of these things where you know if, anytime you have this do this to get this or one to four right. i think that sometimes that adds a lot of convolution in the army and that that could cause people a little reluctancy to not want to play them that's just my right. two cents in a, in a in a tin can right um but the last one that I want to talk about here, as far as you know, some of the big ones that are coming out of the FAQ is an order army, and that's of course Cities of Sigmar. Um, and, and this one kind of was a little strange to me, uh, and I'm kind of interested to hear what you have. I think the Seraphon. You know, have, have you
2: have you kind of read up on the Seraphon as far as their FAQ? I have a little bit to go through it. I've been more trying to figure out list-wise to adjust to go ah. for what to do. <laughs> sure, because mine changed quite a bit from what it was before.
1: Sure, as everybody's did. Um, but if I can knock out the Cities of Sigmar one, my, my digesting on that is, having seen some of the other FAQs, um, I got to say, I think Cities came out pretty well. I think a couple of side uh, bars around, you know, casting and Free Guild Guard um, and only one real nerf, I think uh, I, th- I think they did pretty good. I think, I think the first thing is Free Guild handgunners and Sisters of the Watch can use Unleash Hell once per, per turn for free and it doesn't use a command point or count as uh command being issued. So some, someone else can unleash hell as well. So you can kind of get a 2 for 1 with this army. Um this this isn't as good as just using unleash hell normally. Uh you would almost have to be charged rather than than just be uh near someone who 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 hasn't been or who, who I'm sorry, who has been charged. Uh and you're at negative 1 to hit. But but also, you know, it, you know, you can just use the the Unleash Hell on your own unit normally instead of using it uh, this way. I mean, it, it it really is a is a is a is a positive as far as what Cities of Sigmar is getting. Um, but I think the Free Guild Guard, I think that's kind of bad what they did to them. I think they, they that over you know that that unit wasn't very overpowered to begin with, and they, they got a nerf. Uh, they 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 took a uh, hit, if you will, by removing the plus two to hit for twenty or more models in the unit. So I think you're going to see. Some some stuff there, and here's what I can't understand. Here's what I can't understand, as far as Cities of Sigmar, Uh the gyrocopters, the gyrocopters. Now, in, in, you now you're familiar with gyrocopters, right, Gary? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. So so they got gyrocopters and gyro bombers in a city's army. Gyrocopters can issue commands to their own unit, but gyro bombers cannot. Why not? I, I just like. You know, we talked about you know this is a minor oops in comparison to you know right. the Osiarch Bone Reapers. That was a huge oops. This right. is like uh this is like what? Wh- how the hell did you forget about the gyro bombers? So right. that's kind of that's kind of my two cents uh, in, in a tin can as far as the armies that came out of the um, the FAQ. Uh, as far as you know, picking picking the uh, a few from the bunch as far as some of the grand alliances. Um, anything to add to it?
2: Um, no, I th- all the FAQs that come out, and I want to do this as a whole as we've covered it, is reading items on it and going, this is good, this is bad, is kind of easy to pick out whenever you read it. Whenever you go on the table, it's about application and how it is that we see that it's played out on the table correct. before we go through the actual, like, oh, this is terrible. Other than bone reapers, that, that's, that's very easy <laughs> to just go. Uh, this was a test, and it was failed before you walked into the classroom. Yeah, But, like, the Unleash Hell ability, you know, there's ways to, to play around that. Being able to do it for free is, um, once again, one of those things that you can control no matter what. right? Unless somebody has an ability, like the monster, that says, no, you won't be right. able to use this command ability. Yeah, And turn that off. You know, those kind of things to go through it. So, um, my thought is I can't wait to get it on the table and then start to run through it and learn all the intricacies that fall in with 3.0 as opposed to just reading about it. So yeah. that's what I'm excited for. And, so.
1: and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, the the, the action is going to speak a lot louder than, than than the words on this one, for sure. And, you know, it's funny. I'm interested to see what they come out with as far as the, the uh, you know, the Osiarch Bone Reapers. I'm going to keep sure. pulling this book up because there might be a hidden little thing that we're not understanding here. Maybe they didn't change them on purpose. Maybe the Osiarch Bone Reapers are going to be pretty darn good. Right. You know, I, you, you play them out on the table and you're like, holy Christmas this is
2: a freaking great army you, you never I know didn't, I did mention that to Gavin too. I'm like well hold on because they may have something that comes to them down the road but something we haven't covered yet that'll we'll probably wind up to in the next show is the uh battle plans grand strategies and things like that you can design your list around those yep yep so you know that's, exactly. there's something there but I still think they're on uh, a very rough road right now in a car with no shocks so yeah
1: yeah exactly awesome. and, and somebody through the it, it steering get wheel there, but it's going to
2: take a while and it's going to be painful
1: yeah so. and somebody threw the steering wheel out the window um all right well here it is man you are back with the show and that's our wrap-up on uh, aos the difference between aos 3.0 uh, or 2.0 and 3.0 and some of the faqs but uh gary you are uh, you got the you got the closing thoughts my man let's hear it
2: um find what it is that you love to do that's in this hobby and do that avoid the distractions of oh, my army's bad now, or nobody plays this, or it's X, Y, and Z. Be that outlier. It, um, one says to be different, you need to be an anomaly to everybody else because you can't do the same thing everybody else does and expect it to be any different. So pick what you're going to love, do that, and adjust with it as necessary, and you'll have way more fun than you would be spending all this unnecessary money just to try and keep up with Jonesy across the street.
1: I hate Jonesy. Uh, I, yeah, I know. Never that guy's cared. cost me
2: thousands of dollars.
1: Never cared for that bastard. <laughs> um, well, guys, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us uh, here tonight on Grimdark Live, and don't forget to uh, to join us uh, tomorrow for our 40K show. Uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, I will see you tomorrow. Good night.
0: Grimdark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon. So until then, roll them dice, fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on, on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop
1: sniffing blue.
0: Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at grimdarklive.com and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the Dice Gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.